1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton, Greg White, and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Buzz on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's happy Monday, Chain. Happy Monday. Kevin. Happy Monday, absolutely. Uh, it's been a good weekend, yeah. Ch- uh, 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 relatively speaking, and we've got the a, a fresh new week that lies ahead of us here today. So, how are you doing, Kevin?
2: Oh, actually, it's uh, it's pretty good. Except it's kind of uh, dreary up in uh, Northern Virginia. I mean. Uh, The sun went away. It was in the 90s. And then like on Saturday, this torrential rainstorm came. Oh, Oh. Oh, I'm back. That was a quick storm.
0: (laughs) That's better than what usually happens to Scott.
1: (laughs) That's right. When I'm gone, Gone. I'm gone typically. So the weather is is messing with the late summer um, uh, schedule and stuff here. And I think we're going to get a little more rain this week down in our neck of the wood.
0: yeah it's coming your way again kevin mm-hmm. after it probably hits us here in atlanta yeah. so with fred fred coming ashore this morning at four forty-six or whatever it was
1: so greg how are you doing doing well
0: i'm yeah. i yes i i was really prepared this weekend and got a lot of stuff like chore type stuff done that i've been putting off forever so it feels like an accomplishment Right, <laughs> um, yeah, mowed the yard in anticipation of this big storm that was supposed to hit here at like two o'clock yesterday. That mm-hmm. um, now looks like it's going to be six o'clock Tuesday morning. Something <laughs> I'm not sure. It's moving pretty slow.
1: <laughs> we need to share your uh, landscaping pictures with uh, the community next go round, Greg. You texted me uh, as Vicky said you're one of the coolest. <laughs> coolest dudes ever cutting the grass. Uh, so, hey,
2: it's great. I think said wasn't cool. Maybe. You can ke- come through my <laughs> lawn anytime.
0: Hey, I wear, <laughs> I literally, I wear gloves and safety glasses and everything.
1: Uh,
2: Hat first.
0: 100 safety sunscreen. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. So
1: Kevin, you got some good news over the weekend because one of your previous books I was picked up. Uh, tell yeah, us absolutely. About Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: so um, I've written a few books, but uh, one I'm really proud of is Architecting Cloud Computing Solutions. And it it's really focused on how to use cloud computing to deliver and create brand new business models. And um, one of my favorite schools, to rip, West Point, <laughs> they actually selected my book, my old Naval Academy grads book, for, uh to be the text for one of their um computer science courses. So I'm just I'm excited about that. I'm really happy. Maybe I be-
0: Except that now you gotta be nice to him, Kevin, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's uh all that, what they, they call it the uh, coopetition.
0: <laughs> there you go. You can still sit on the blue side at the at
1: the game, <laughs> correct? You.
2: Yeah, I believe so. Well
1: now it now it's uh Army beat Navy at Cloud with Kevin L. Jackson.
2: <laughs> we'll see. You went the wrong way there. I'm sorry. No.
1: <laughs> well, hey, congrats. Uh, love that. And and Greg, it it's always cool to be rubbing elbows with the movers and shakers that have published just a few books. You know, just a just, <laughs> just a few books.
0: Yeah, I, it's hard to even keep track of all the books. Hey, you ha- are all your books listed at your site. You have Kevinljackson.com, correct?
2: Yeah, Kevin And yes. Are they all uh, listed most there? People, most of them are. There's a couple I need to add to it, actually. But uh yeah. So, all right.
0: Um, so I feel better. I'm, I'm, Scott. Trying to
2: keep
1: up with yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I I feel better, Scott. How could we keep up if he can't? Right. That's a good point. It's a uh, good too question. Many books. That's really impressive, Kevin, and congratulations.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of keeping up, we've got a ton of folks that are here with us on this Monday morning, the 16th of August, 2021. We're going to say hello to a few of those folks, including uh, familiar faces and friends and new places. So stay tuned as we say hello to a few folks. I want to uh, really quick, Greg and Kevin, we got to walk through some of the upcoming events. We've got opportunities for folks to increase their supply chain IQ, starting with our August 18th webinar with the folks at Quip. And Quip, if you have not known, if you haven't heard yet, they have built quite an army of raving fans to learn more about their omni-channel evolution and journey, uh, as Imran Patel will be joining us on August 18th at 12 noon. Sign up on the link in the show notes. Greg and Kevin, we also, all three of us, will be part of the broadcast team. Uh, Supply Chain Now will be the exclusive virtual provider of the digital version of Lars Aseri's annual event, the Supply Chain Insights Global Summit, September 7th through the 9th. Uh, you've got to register, and there, there's a little bit of a hefty fee related to that, but you're going to be rubbing elbows and and hearing from some of the leading voices across the world of global supply chain. Uh, Greg, give me one thing you're looking forward to there, and I'm going to come to Kevin next.
0: Let me, let me give this. If your boss is disinclined to fund your visit to this, have him call me. I'll make the business
2: case for you.
1: <laughs> How about that? Uh, and Kevin, what's one thing you're looking forward to here?
2: Well, first of all, that sounds like a big-time thing. I'm part of a broadcast team. Wow.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> How could
0: that be big for you? you are I mean, you're oh. a TV star. and
2: <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a broadcast team. This is great, man. <laughs> and, and for Laura, she's, I mean, she's like, the,
1: the the queen of a supply chain, right? Oh, The true queen. That's right. <laughs> Boy, oh, goodness. way. Well, hey, she is the one and only. And she is one of the most trusted uh, and knowledgeable uh, voices in global business. So y'all come check out this great yeah. event that she has assembled, her and her team, September 7th through the 9th. You can learn more there at SupplyChainInsightsGlobalSummit.com or a link in the show notes. And finally, hey. Join us December 8th as we look to celebrate good news and wins and successes and triumphs across global business with a keen focus on supply chain and procurement awards. Hey, uh, for this year's event, our charitable partner is Hope for Justice, which is on a noble mission to go out and eradicate uh, slavery wherever it it exists. So join us there. All nomination fees are getting donated to Hope for Justice, and we'd love to have you be part of this celebration of all good things across global business supply chain procurement dot com. Okay, so Kevin and Greg, we have got so much going on here today. We, we, we've snapped up three or or four things that that should be on folks' radar, uh, and I think. We need to before we get into the news. We gotta say hello to some folks,
2: right? Gosh, what was I thinking? There's Greg? A lot of people are online here. Looks like
1: so. Yeah, well, I'm.
0: I, have we seen Gary yet? Because he should be really freaked out with three of us on the screen. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Extra stories. Swap
0: sides again, and we got Kevin with us. So, so <laughs> hang in there, Gary. <laughs> right. We got you.
1: Hey, Kyle. Good morning. We owe you a uh, a reply. Cobb uh, reached out to us, so Kyle is out in the Portland part of uh, the states here and uh, doing some really good things in the industry. So, Kyle, hope this finds you well, and we will be back in touch this week. Tim Ingram from good old Tennessee. Kevin and Greg, do y'all think Tim is a Tennessee Vols fan? <laughs> I
2: don't know. I used to live in Kentucky, so, you know, Tennessee, uh, Atlanta, is kind of the same thing. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Man. Man, don't say that to a bulldog. Uh, <laughs> So, Tim. I, I don't know if he is, but uh, I can tell you that my next door neighbor is. I have to see that creamsicle orange every Saturday during
2: football season. True, oh, orange. I love creamsicles. <laughs> hey, we're going
1: to talk about food. I do. Too. We're going to talk about food in a minute. But hey, Tim, let us know. T- let us know if you're a Vol fan or not. But regardless, thanks for being here. We love your, uh, especially your healthcare supply chain POV. Yeah. Brad Reeves, hello. Great
0: supply chain school. So, right? One can only hope you got. That's right. I wonder where he got his MBA from.
1: We shall but he'll tell us. We shall find out. Brad Reeves is tuned in via LinkedIn from Michigan. Hello, Brad. Great to have you here. Richard uh, Goon uh, is tuned in via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from, Richard. Great to have you here. Uh, let's see. Nasreen is tuned in on LinkedIn from Dubai. We're going to be Dubai. catching up with our friends in Dubai Thursday morning, I think, Greg.
0: Yeah, that's right. 8, 8 a.m.
2: Sharp, sharp.
1: Uh, okay, you gotta, you'll uh, be sharp.
2: I was. Uh, have you? let go to Dubai. You go to the Burj and you get in that that uh, elevator. It goes to the top. Woo! Talk about stairs. <laughs> <scared. laughs> outside, watching the world go away like you're in a rocket oh. ship.
1: <laughs> the, the tallest building in the world is is right amongst yeah. the many innovations uh, in Dubai. So, and and greetings to Kim Winter. If you're tuned in. Somewhere uh, out where you are, Cam. look forward to reconnecting. T-Squared is back with us from Baltimore, holding down the fort on YouTube. Hey, Kevin, that's in, up in your neck of the woods, right?
2: Yeah, I was just up in Baltimore um, last week. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but it was, it was, it's another show I'm doing, uh, a, a docuseries, Fun Black Tech, and it's about uh, venture capitalism and uh, black entrepreneurs. Um, so we'll talk more about that later. But I was uh, yeah. up in East Baltimore doing some filming on that last week.
0: We need more of
1: that. I love that, Kevin. We're going to learn – we want to learn a lot more about that. And t thanks for joining us. Michael Hill, tuned in via LinkedIn uh, from Dublin. Great to see you. Of course, Clay, Jada, Amanda, and Allie all behind the scenes helping to make production happen. Appreciate that. Uh, Clay, and I agree with you. Great to see some new faces here today. Richard is from Chicago. So, Richard, uh, let us know what the weather is up in one of the wonderful world cities there. Uh, Peter Bolay all night and all day, back with us here. Good Monday afternoon, he says to you all. Good to be plugged in again. Scott, loved your chat with Kim Winter. Just watch that this morning. Hey, And he's referring to Mark, our interview with Mark Ormrod on Veteran Voices. And just a little snippet that won't do it justice, but y'all check out. Mark's got an incredible story. He basically died um, on the battlefield and was uh, resuscitated with a with a cutting edge medical procedure, and he's got a fascinating story—one of resilience and 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 give forward uh, in a very meaningful way. It's inspirational. to See what he's up to now. So, Peter, I appreciate that. Greg, Daria Patel is in Atlanta now. How about that? In
0: Atlanta now. We got to do that lunch. Yes, we do. For dinner. Yes. Whatever.
1: Absolutely. And then one final one. I know we can't get everybody here today, but Mohib is with us via Wichita. And Mohib, of don't go anywhere. We're gonna be talking about Wichita here uh, about halfway through the segment here today. Oh, all right. So Kevin and and, and it looks like uh, uh, Clay, Amanda, and Jada. Kevin dropped the link to that project of his in the chat. So maybe we can we can drop that in the uh, the public chat as well. All right. So let's see here. Kevin, we uh, and Greg up first here today. We're gonna to be chatting about four post-COVID supply chain sustainability trends to keep our eyes on. And I love, and, and folks, the theme today is going to be post-COVID. So I love the optimism. We are going to fight through and get to this other side. There's some good news there if you go looking for it. But Kevin, let's tell us, tell us more about these four things that we should be uh, including on our radar here.
2: Well, you know, a lot of people, when you think about COVID, you know, bad times, locked up, you know, masks, you know, can't travel. But as a society, we've really learned a lot uh, about ourselves uh, through this ordeal that we've, that we've gone through together. Um, and one of the things uh, in business is that we've really learned about the importance of supply chain transparency, climate risk, the uh, uh, justice, equality, diversity, and inclusion and the importance of uh, greenhouse gas reductions. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like (laughs) supply chain transparency, right? Nobody talked about supply chain until COVID. And now everyone has a clear understanding of the importance of supply chain and uh, climate risk and resilience. The the impacts that we are experiencing uh, from the pandemic are very similar to what, we will experience with uh, climate change and the need to be resilient. And the the importance of, of diversity and inclusion. I mean, diverse and sustainable business practices promote innovation through new products, services and solutions. And so you need diversity and inclusion in order to deal with all of these dramatic changes that we're we're seeing. And, and now that people really believe that we're going to go through this change, companies need to understand not just their tier one suppliers, but tier two, tier three, and trying to understand how these changes will affect their two tier two and tier three suppliers. So some of the big boys are now demanding more information about how tier 2 and tier 3 suppliers are dealing with climate change mm-hmm. so right. this really creates a challenge for organizations uh because they have to think about reducing their impact on supply chains
1: mm. well, a lot of good stuff there kevin uh greg coming to you next first what what um what, where does your mind go when you hear this?
0: I think all of all of those things are really important. I mean, transparency is the key, right? And uh, you know, there's a lot. There are a lot of misdeeds in business that get passed through the supply chain, and I think we can, at, from the industry seat, can be a catalyst for moving those the right direction. And actually, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, Scott. It was really surprising how prominent things like sustainability and anti-slavery and diversity and inclusion and and all of those things became during this time i think people had a you know kind of a moment of focus when they didn't have so many things on their plate they recognized how important all of those things are and to the point kevin you made with all of those different viewpoints i mean anyone who's ever been in an executive suite a, a big meeting Right, a, a board meeting, whatever it is, a, a room full of people. You recognize that every one of those unique points of view, every one of those unique approaches of from their life, um, creates additional value. Right? It's it's terrible to have everyone in the se- in the room singing from the same hymnal or coming from the same place or looking the same way. Right? Having gone to the same school, um, unless that school is is the naval navel. But I mean, that's so powerful, right? I mean, we've seen it on, we've seen it. I think subconsciously, we've recognized the value of that. And now to recognize that there are more areas where we can include people and get yet better performance and, and, um, and results, then I, I think that that's, that's one of the key things that's come out of this.
1: I agree yeah and I agree with your first thing you said, supply chain transparency is key because if you can see it, you can attack it and uh, I also believe uh, what you and Kevin both are alluding to where we have had that that moment of clarity due to some of the downtime some of the some of the time to think uh, because of the stoppage of of, of other activities. so I want to share a couple of quick comments from our audience here today. first off, Tim confirms us he does bleed orange and white home of Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning, so love love that. Uh, We need to celebrate. Let's see here. Sonia. Sonia is tuned in via LinkedIn from Jamaica, so I hope this finds you well, Sonia. Uh, Richard makes a couple of great points. Without trucking safety and supply chain planning, nothing moves. Reducing the carbon footprint is extremely important for today and tomorrow. Agreed. And then Tim says, "Uh, post-COVID, a different business environment. COVID has revealed how logistics will have to change. How we manage land, sea, and air of mm. logistics, mm. I believe. How we manage ports or any inbound freight would require a higher sensitivity to world health events. Oh. Excellent point. Yeah,
2: change okay. is a, a, an everyday occurrence now. You can't just ignore it, and you have to have to plan for it. And that's why you need that diversity in the C-suite.
1: Yeah, agreed. And Richard agrees with you as well. Agreed, diversity input. Is key to inclusion and success. Typically, okay. So we're starting with a bang. That was that that article, and that was that came to us via our friends at CSR Wire. Uh, I love. Hey, we all love our our lists, right? Top three lists, top four lists. Yeah, <laughs> uh, helps you navigate some big, meaty topics. So that's a good one, Kevin. Let's see where are we going? Let me get my clicker here because up next we're going to be talking about what digital transformation might look like past uh, past in a post-COVID world. <laughs> so Kevin,
2: elaborate there. All right. So um, a, a CIO put it this way. They said that CIOs are doing everything from before. They are just doing it 25% faster and they're doing it from home, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a digital transformation strategy before COVID, you would have built an organizational culture that reacted faster to changes in markets, products, customer experience, and employee experience. In this case, you would have evolved relatively smoothly. But if you lacked such a digital experience, this means you're scrambling faster today to just try to get there. So, so most businesses really need to have a top-down review of the markets that they are targeting, what their customer needs are, the product, the service offerings, and the the impacts of technology and data, because that's what surviving in a post-COVID world means. Okay, you have to start with your customers. And then consider your supply chain. How do you get those products and services through that supply chain to your customers? Uh, and, and and part of that supply chain is your employees, right? This hybrid work environment will create a brand new digital divide between um, openness um, and very tight and closed uh organizations, the traditional way of doing businesses. So so digital transformation really means embracing openness and leveraging the de- technology uh so that you can actually operate in this post-COVID hybrid world. Yeah,
1: I love that. Now I'm um, coming to you next, Greg, because you and Kevin both have been uh really thought leaders in- in digital transformation initiatives before it was called and coined that phrase that we heard everywhere. So Greg, what's, what's some of the things you're thinking about?
0: It makes me think of something we've been saying for a while, which is if you, if you built your house on sand and somehow survived, right, this flood, don't be foolish enough to to do it again, right? Build it on stone. And, Mm -hmm. and so many companies that are hindered or limited by manual processes and and paperwork and spreadsheets and you know and all of these things i mean this doesn't that doesn't sound as strategic as what kevin is talking about but that's where the recognition occurs is you got pummeled because you didn't have the data or you didn't have the data organized correctly or you didn't have the data in a sustainable system in a repeatable um and, and a uh, deeply managed system, and it costs you. And you know, companies need to be, and they were for a while, looking that direction and and starting to commit to that direction. But I think this is a worthwhile reminder because as we've talked to Laura Cesari, many companies have said they have digital transformation initiatives. Very few have actually have actually really capitalized or even seriously planned for such a thing. Mm. Right. right, and to date, it has been the realm of the largest companies, as our friend Luke Smile loves to tell us. From you know when he was at GE, they had a huge digital transformation initiative, and that's what he does as well. And, and it is still the biggest of of the industrial complex that um, that attack this problem. But it's a problem that is practically attacked, practical to attack, as a even smaller mid sized business, probably even more important. Than it is for for the large businesses because they've got a bigger buffer if they're if they're inefficient.
1: Mm. Yeah, and Luke Small is a great uh, person to follow, by the way, on social. We'll see if we can't drop his LinkedIn profile in the comments. Uh, but Greg, our church just sang that hymn a couple weeks ago. All of the ground is sinking sand, and <laughs> it reminds me of that hymn every time you bring that up, Greg. Um, okay. So I, I want to also add, let's see here, I got a couple of quick comments. Uh, one from Richard, we were talking about lists a moment ago. He uses a task list daily, washing hands at the top of the list. How about that? He also uh, echoes some of what you both said, and especially Kevin, you got to put, put those people first. Mm. Uh, Sonia says global warming has impacted logistics everywhere. COVID has caused the cost of moving products uh, from country to country and, and probably increased the cost of moving products. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Kevin, we're, we're, a final thought as we're talking about uh, digital transformation in a post-COVID environment uh, via really focused kind of on an article we found on CMS Wire. Any final thoughts there before we move to the next more fun topic? Um,
2: I'm sorry, about the
1: uh, digital tra- – yeah, any final thought on digital transformation kind of in that post-COVID landscape before we move forward?
2: Well, really, as as we've been talking about a lot, post-COVID is just a point of time, right? But what is going to remain with us is the need to change, the need to understand what's going on around you, observe what's going on around you, and and listen to your ecosystem, your business ecosystem, your customers um your uh competitors that you may need to work with and and your your employees, uh, as well as your first second and third third and maybe even fourth level uh suppliers. it's, it's about listening mm-hmm. and responding to change. Mm,
1: that's right. okay, so moving right along now we're gonna um, we're gonna be talking about the, uh, digital restaurant transformation here momentarily, but we're gonna have a quick little sidebar because Greg and Kevin, few things bring people together as much as food and music. Now we'll save the music for a latter discussion. Although um, we had, we, we saw some interesting uh, documentaries speaking of music over the weekend. We'll save that for the next show, but food, right now, Greg, we were doing our homework around Kevin you know, our due diligence, yes. you know, the, the yes. Hollywood star, and we a little Bernie. We
0: we contacted your old boss at the NSA, oh, no. and, uh, and he he gave us everything. Uh, so buckle up! Oh, yeah. God,
2: I'm in trouble now.
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna save all the um, all the the really juicy details for a podcast where we're gonna release all about Kevin L Jackson down the road. But to- there we go. <laughs> but for today. Uh, We hear you're a big fan of a nicely done steak and or prime rib. Those are are two of your go-tos. Is that
2: right? Oh, you're hitting me in the heart right there. Exactly. (laughs) I really, I I, I do love me a good steak or a good prime rib. And, um, you know, you always try to think about, sometimes you think about food, what's your favorite food? And I have to say, you know, steak. A nice medium thick steak is just right there, but then when you do you have a- yeah, when you think about it more, is it the steak or is it the fact that whenever you're eating steak you're celebrating something? I mean, it's the it's the, it's the context around the steak uh, that that seems to be so great to me.
1: <laughs> well, so uh, and and folks out there in the skyboxes, let us know what, what's your favorite steak? What's your favorite cut? Where, where's it been the best place you've ever had and you know, enjoyed one or to Kevin's point, what's been your favorite experience or celebration that you had enjoyed a good meal, but Kevin, uh, two quick follow-up questions and Greg, you're not getting out of this. I'm going to circle <laughs> you next. <laughs> Kevin, what's your favorite cut? And then what's your, is there a, uh, a restaurant that comes to mind where you had a really, it doesn't have to be the best one. Mm-hmm. You had a really nice, um,
2: steak. So uh, I I have to say T-bone. I, I just love me a T-bone. I mean, uh, because it, it it just seems to just hit it, right. You know, <laughs> nice a nice T-bone steak with a big loaded potato right next to it, and uh, and uh, maybe some um, uh, lobster or uh, uh, bisque. Uh, Man goes with it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> when i think about a steak that's it but um and, and as i said it, it seems to me whenever i'm eating this nice meal i'm celebrating something the thing that really popped into mom pops into my mind is it probably wasn't a, a great steak place right i uh but i was going to flight training down in, in pensacola and it was um, one of those bad days, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've heard me before, you said I, you know you've heard me talk about swimming. Swimming, you're,
0: yeah, I was gonna swimming. say, was this your oh, swimming? Yeah, well,
2: it, it was horrible. I mean, I got through the academy barely by going to swimming uh, uh, sub squad. You know, every afternoon, I made it through. But then I decided to fly airplanes. I had to do even more swimming. Okay, down in Pensacola, and my lifelong friend actually was a—he um, was the uh, best man of my my wedding, Admiral uh, Johnson, um, Admiral Arthur Johnson, Arthur Johnson. He, uh, he and I were going through flight training at the same time, and we were <laughs> same thing, struggling with swimming, right? And one, you know, after we'd both failed one of the swimming uh, tests down in uh, Pensacola, we, we went out for dinner together. Right. And, uh, we went to a place called Quincy's Steakhouse and, down in oh, Pensacola, yeah. uh, and I mean, great steak. It was good. But what was particular about this one is that we were both really down. Okay. Cause we said, Oh God, we're going to flunk out of, uh, being a pilot because we can't swim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then at that, and that, that, that moment, you no, know, he looked at me and said, Kevin, you're not leaving here because I'm not gonna let you. I'm gonna kick you up, you know, bleep if you ever think about quitting. Okay. And I said, you know, Artie, same here. You know, you're not leaving here. They're gonna have to drag us away, you know, uh before we would we would never quit, right? So we we both pushed each other and supported each other, uh, and what seemed like uh the, the bottom of you know the bottom of our life, and mm. we celebrated that by having a T-bone, <laughs> having that, <laughs> you know, celebrating a friendship uh, and our future. And uh, Admiral Don Johnson uh, went on to become a, a, a admiral in the Navy and, and uh, Wow, about fifteen years. And um, but uh, you know that was it. But yeah, in my favorite state that I ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're you're describing a new a, a new Smash Home Run podcast. Conversations <laughs> at Quincy's. Yeah, Can you imagine yeah. all that we could cover? That's true. So, Greg, I want to come. we got a bunch of responses and we'll tackle those here momentarily. But Greg, I want to uh, give you a little blast in the past because of course you're from Wichita. And I am. I spent two years there with the Air Force. And Scotch and sirloin. And this is from their their website. Is a well known restaurant. I think there's other locations, yeah. but you'll see the original one in that picture there. And my two years there on enlisted salary, there was one meal uh, I could afford to go there, and it was it was delicious. But Greg, what's what's your favorite? Whether it's this or somewhere else.
0: So you're not going to believe this. I have never eaten at Scotch and Sirloin in Wichita, oh, Kansas. Wow. I've never set foot inside the doors of the place. Can you believe that? I just <laughs> never never thought I could afford it when I, when I lived there. And no one who would have paid on my behalf ever invited me. Wow. So wow. I've never been to Scotch. So congratulations, I hear. But the best steak I've ever had, the best steak you will ever have in your life, was Peter Luger in New York. Oh. Um, Bone-in, tomahawk. They slice it up and let you pick. Do you want the strip? Do you want the, you know, do you want the ribeye? Do you want the filet? Do you want whatever, right? Um, In fact, it's making my water, (laughs) my mouth water now. But as far as sitting down to a steak, there's a place in Kansas City called Jess and Jim's. Not fancy at all. Paper tablecloths. But outstanding, just outstanding steak that
1: my father turned on to me.
0: More than two decades
1: ago. (laughs) Well, Kevin,
2: there's
1: a little rumor that uh, goes like this. Uh, Greg and I, we went to a nice steakhouse in Atlanta, and I asked for A1, and Greg went and sat at the next table.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's a little – I mean,
1: my
0: experience with steak is a little bit different than Kevin's. I mean, having grown up in Kansas – I definitely appreciate a good steak because I've had some really, really bad steaks because in Kansas, when I was a kid, you'd order, uh, you'd order a Mm -hmm. half of a, of a cow and, and have it cut up into steaks and burgers and whatever else. And that's what you ate for the next Uh, year.
2: right so
0: i've had a few steaks at home at you know in restaurants and and i really do appreciate a really good steak and the place you and i went scott mckendrick's is an outstanding (laughs) i had a
2: similar experience when i uh um i was i lived in kingsville texas and anybody familiar with texas that's that's outside of the king ranch right so uh you know Steak was cheaper than bologna in uh, Kingsville, <laughs> so I mean we couldn't afford chicken, but we could eat steak.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do that on yeah, purpose. Yeah,
2: a- absolutely. But uh, you were talking about a one. You never put sauce on a, uh, a good steak. But I do have a I, I do have a pet peeve like that. You know, if I if I do have to put sauce on a steak. Heinz 57, it's not A1, right? Oh, wow.
1: okay. and, you. and
2: you go to a steakhouse and doesn't, anyway, can I have steak sauce? Uh, okay, A1. I don't want A1, I want Heinz 57. Oh, i will stand <laughs> up and leave. I'm mean, like, God, you no! Know, why, why is it so hard to get Heinz you know, stuff?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, I, I became addicted to a one as a kid and I could just about drink it in a cup with some ice cubes. but, uh, I can appreciate a good steak. I like, I like a nice red, a nice stiff, uh, strong red wine, uh, cab with a steak, especially a really nice one. Oh yeah, Shiraz. But, All right. So I digress. I like Shiraz as well. Kevin. That's a great call too. Uh, we got a bunch of responses. I'm going to share a couple of these here and I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to shoot through these, uh, quick cause we got so many of them. Richard is a big New York strip fan. Uh, Andrea uh, Picanha. Picanha, yeah. uh, down in Mexico is the place to go. Mm. Uh, Rhonda, and hello, hello, Dr. Rhonda, says, food is a beautiful social experience. I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, T-Boney says, Big Tex in Amarillo, Texas is a place to go. Aslea, hello, Azalea, great to have you here, says, we have so many cultural connections to foods that allow us to commune. Yeah, I love trying other foods from different places. I'm with you. Yeah, Chris says Chandler's in Boise, Idaho. That's a new one for me. Uh, hello,
0: I have to ask uh, Mike. Mike, uh, oh my gosh, how'd I forget his name? Mike from Garden.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: Chris Wall. <laughs> Chris Wall. Chris
0: Walls. Thank you. <laughs> I was try- I was thinking Kilgore. I don't know why I was thinking Kilgore.
1: But- <laughs> um, old Fred Talbert, who is Greg. Oh yeah, the.
0: Yes, he is the he is the Doc holiday of supply yes.
1: chain. Yes, I'm your hook there. Age <laughs> ribeye at Hall's Chop House in Charleston, and he ain't lying either. That is an outstanding. <laughs>
2: you know, steak. you know what? A, yeah. a team, please keep this list. We got to go through this. We're going yes, to ma- have to have a buzz at each one of these steakhouses.
1: I'm with you. I am with you. Let's see <laughs> here. Uh, Mohib says scotch and chulawan is the best. The taste in, is still in my mouth 20 years later. Fries. <laughs> fries are better. Oh, oh, fries are
2: better than McDonald's. Uh, oh, he threw down the gusters. <laughs> <McDonald's>? mm. <laughs> Catherine
1: is with us here. Catherine, hope this finds you well. She says, Oh, she's probably been there. <laughs> yeah. You're talking Jess and Jim's got her really hungry. As Layette. Leia-
0: I'm sure she can verify, <laughs> not
1: fancy. Right? Uh, Hines 57, I'm right.
2: 57 person. All right.
1: Uh, Nerfat says, I love my steaks like I love, like, like, <laughs> like I like my supply N- chain now. But Mondays in the early afternoon to start off my week, how about that?
0: I'm Scott, we got to end this episode. I'm <laughs> starving now. I am too. Uh, I'm going straight to McKenna, and then
1: final one more here. Uh, Kyle says, Amarillo, tried to eat the big steak at the Big Texan. Oh, yeah. Couldn't get the sides finished. He's been going there since 1986. That's pretty cool. Okay, sorry I couldn't get all those there. Uh, Well, I better better make Amanda happy. I'll get in trouble if I skip over (laughs) this. She says, I don't miss my time in the Midwest much, but a prime rib from Misty's in Lincoln, Nebraska, would hit the spot right now. One of the best places to go to experience a Friday night prior to a Huskers game. How about that?
0: Now that is an experience right there. <laughs> all right. A Friday night prior to Nebraska game.
1: Yes, that's right. Um, all right. So a ton of other comments there. Food, food's is one of those things. It just elicits, you know, everyone, everyone has these, these experiences and, and it's something, uh, always a, a great topic to compare notes on, but
0: I'm hoping that somebody, in Wichita, I heard me say that I have never been to Scotch <laughs> yeah.
1: since so long.
2: Did anybody <laughs> say no to Greg? has never been to Scotch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <or? laughs> just in case. <laughs> so, so I promise you, we've got more studious topics to talk through. We, we wanted a little, little food departure there. But, Kevin, we're talking about this digital restaurant transformation and how it's not just all about delivery. Hey, so let's work. get back on the straight and narrow. Tell us more, Kevin. We're not leaving food.
0: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that.
2: But anyway, but Yeah. So let's put food and digital transformation together. My two favorite topics. <laughs> so um, I'm with you. So, so as we've gone through COVID and we can't go out to the restaurant, we've all shifted to uh, delivery to get your food uh, delivered, and you know, touchless, and you know, all that. Um you may you know that a lot of the restaurants had to do a major transition to digital, okay, so that they could support remote ordering, delivery, and, and, and all of that. And um so when you look at digital restaurant transformation, um takeout has to be part of it. And and yes, 10% mm-hmm. is is takeout. But there is another big transition that you may not have noticed. And I I actually saw it once I started traveling again. I've been on two trips so far. And when you go through the airports, uh all of the restaurants have tablets sitting on them. And you don't go, you don't wait for uh wait staff to come and ask you, or well, what would you like with the little pattern anymore? You you sit down in front of them, you scan your boarding pass, and then they know who the, who you are, what flight you're working waiting for, and then the menu comes up and 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 you pick. And if anything changes on your flight, it comes up on the screen, or your flight's been delayed, which I always get. Um but, but you <laughs> order, you order right there, and then the waitstaff staff just come the first time you see a person is when they're delivering you. Your drink, and then then they deliver your food. So what's happening is digital on premise is really growing fast. All right, um, and the the other thing when you're thinking about digital on premise, you think about just kiosk ordering, like you go to the and big screen and you order stuff, and then they they deliver it. Okay, that that's that's cool, but QR code ordering. Um, is really taking off all right guests stand from the table they use the uh same front end experience of the web app or a uh, mobile platforms to yep. place your order to reorder and to pay and then and, and to pay when when you're finished um, and uh, the servers great staff you know come and bring food out um, and it it's really great it's easy it, you um uh, I actually love it. Uh, so digital restaurant transformation in uh, on-premise is getting bigger than digitalization for takeout. Yep.
1: So, uh, Greg, which of that resonates with you? I, you know, I think the several times that, that Amanda and I have had a chance to go out and have a uh, have a date night without the kids it has been ordering you know, straight off the phone uh, which has been neat to see but greg what's your take here
0: i can't believe it didn't happen before i mean even just even not even just the advancements that kevin's talking about but just not a physical menu yeah. right that you scram, scan the Q, qr code the menu's on your your mobile device and and there you are that is um, first of all it's efficient for the restaurants and probably something that should have happened ages ago Uh, and, but I've also experienced Kevin, what you did as well in the Mm -hmm. airport and, and strangely, that has been a long time coming in the States because I experienced that almost a decade ago in Europe, right? Yeah. Overseas in Europe and, and in Asia, both you're right. And, um, you know, I think it's just sort of tradition that held us there and, what is it you say, Scott, about tradition? <laughs> Peer pressure from deaf <laughs> people? <right>. Um,
2: <laughs> I just
1: stole that from Twitter. <laughs> I, that, um, so. um, but,
0: you know, I didn't like that at first when you said it, but I really get it now. Um, um, so, uh, you know, I think that it's, it's good and it's really efficient. And it's especially now, guys absolutely necessary because people are staying away from work in droves and particularly in the restaurant industry though i have seen some reports that the tide is starting to turn um but i have a very good friend who runs a restaurant my next door neighbor and another very good friend who both run restaurants and they are struggling right now and any efficiency that they can get is hugely beneficial to them and absolutely necessary if they're going to be open with other human beings in the restaurant, mm. which has been the case since May of 2020 mm. here in Georgia, um, and now restaurants are are at they would be at full capacity if they had enough staff to yeah. to be able to serve
2: everyone. Right, right. Yeah, this reduces so, the the staffing requirements, actually improves the service quality in uh, on premise, but it gives you a digital link to your supply chain, right? Helps your service and it helps you interact with your suppliers. much.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Well, so speaking of a couple of quick points here, first off folks um, tip your, tip your servers and wait staff a little extra. I'll tell you, they are, they are um, heroes in my book, what they're fighting through. And of course, especially uh, if you have ever waited tables or bartended, you know, how long those days can be and how small those tips can be sometimes. So y'all take care of them. But secondly, you know, to to point, uh, as she was talking about, you know, sticky menus, I hop, whatnot. So waffle house, of course, is one of our favorites here. I can order without a menu, right? Pat him out plate on wheat, hold the mayo, extra pickles and double hash browns. I've eaten that probably for 40 years. Um, but the last time we were in waffle house was, uh, probably a month or two ago. Maybe I think we're coming back from, from Florida. And, for the first time in my entire wa- Waffle House experience, they did not have a bottle of Heinz Fifty Seven, <laughs> and it really stuck out for a moment. Man. You know, it stuck out for a moment because Waffle House, of course, is—they are a model of, of supply chain during challenging challenging times, and then some. And I can never recall one single instance where they are out of something. And and as I as the um server was let me know, the manager who was kind of on the grill at the time turn around was kind of sharing some other things that they've experienced for the first time in his career with Waffle House so really I tell you we're fighting through these times for sure but food food and the supply chain behind it is one that we can all really love on and appreciate right
0: well and in waffle House one should appreciate two things any opportunity not to touch anything <laughs> in a waffle house and and two, Heinz fifty seven for your steak because
1: it. Needs- <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Um, all right, so uh, lots of fun we're having here today. You know, it is um, it's important to maintain that sense of humor during these challenging times. Uh, as we start to to wind the show down, Kevin, no. I'll give you one last. Uh, yeah, I hate to do it. I hate to do it, but before we, I want to talk about both of y'all's respective series here at supply chain now here, um, momentarily. But lastly, Kevin, anything else to point out when it comes to digital restaurant transformation in this uh, article via QSR?
2: Well, it's a lot of this is being driven by what the customers Mm -hmm. and being able to digitally, um, interact with, with, with your customers. Um, so that your customers know what the menu is before they get there, they you may they may even be able to order, uh, you know, immediately, so they don't have to wait. Um, and making the to so digitalization is improving the overall experience, um, the customer experience. Mm. So you know, uh, digital transformation isn't hype, right? It right. isn't just a fad. Okay. It is, it is real. It is the essence of modern business. Um, so, and it should be part, it needs to be part of your post COVID digital priority.
1: Excellent point. And, you know, all these experiences that are becoming, that have been already been, you know, formal disciplines and, and some new experiences, you know, Greg, you and I were being interviewed the other day and, we talked about the the listener experience, right? And and how as digital content creators, how we got to really factor that very deliberately into what we do. So, um, but I think that's a a, that's a very welcome um, welcome aspect of this transformation mm-hmm. that that uh, is taking place across the industry right now. Okay, Catherine, I'm with you. Those White House, um, White House, <laughs> those Waffle House. <laughs> uh-uh.
0: I think he might be Secret yeah. Service <laughs> on the on the download. Maybe the White
1: Ooh. House hash browns are good too, but I'm with you. Scattered always, Catherine. Mine, I just have mine playing plain with uh, Tabasco. And Clay says smothered and peppered. And oh, okay. let's see, oh, Azalea God. says, "Ooh,
0: is smothered onions? Is, is you know scattered?" Smothered and covered. What's what is what's smothered and what's Amanda covered? would know. Smothered in cheese and covered with uh, onions. Oh, yeah, or? cheese.
1: Okay. And let's see. Scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, diced, capped, and peppered. How about that? <laughs> wow. Who is that? That I don't see uh, who that is.
2: Probably Jada. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think well, so. Think well,
0: we're all fans. You know, Waffle Houses are... In Virginia, Madeline. oh, definitely, <laughs> yeah.
1: definitely, and and Catherine says covered is cheese. Covered is yeah. cheese, so, so I'm not
0: smothered is onions. Then. Must be,
1: must be. Ooh. Um, all of it sounds great. you are just adding to my misery, my dietary. Where are we
2: going for lunch,
1: <laughs> Yeah. All right, so let's talk about this before we do break for lunch, uh, Kevin amongst all these other projects that you're on. Um, <laughs> you also lead our Digital Transformers series with Kevin L. Jackson, sponsored by our friends at TNS. Thomas Carter and team are on the move. But what's, um, you know, what are a couple of highlights you'd like to offer folks here?
2: Yeah, so um, we're going to have Walmart on digital trans- uh, transformers. And they are uh, a, a digital transformer. And one of the areas they're really focused on is inclusion and diversity. So uh, we're going to talk about a new program that they have to increase mm-hmm. and enhance the diversity of their executives and, and middle management. So we're gonna do that uh, this month, later this month. And then in September, uh, well, a, a new uh, customer for digital transformers, rate links is, is gonna be on. Um, and, uh, so I'm really excited on, on, on both of those.
1: We are too, uh, you know, digital transformers, which is now can be found on its own independent RSS feed. So if y'all really dig digital transformation, you can find digital transformers wherever you get your podcast from. It's really, it's jumped out of the gate, uh, with a lot of accolades and, uh, warmly received by the marketplace. Kevin, I appreciate your good work there. Speaking of rate links, Greg, you just uh, wrapped up a two-part episode on Tequila Sunrise, where you sat down with the the president, and I think the founder of RateLinks. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Shannon Valancourt. Um, You know, someone who saw the need need for transparency and visibility in well more than two decades ago, Scott, and and has been modeling that through his company since I think around the year two thousand and. Um, way, way ahead of the curve in terms of visibility. In fact, now that so many technology providers are finally talking about visibility, he's already talking about prescriptive analytics and taking that visibility and turning it into recommendations or even automated actions within the system. So there, there's it's incredibly, you're gonna love the conversation, whoever you're having it with, Kevin, you're gonna love the conversation because that culture that drive that customer focus goes through the entire team nate endicott and andrew and many many more Corey, um the team at rate links are it's really good hey range one range more thing
2: Scott.
0: Who, who are you talking to kevin
2: <laughs> it's ingrained in rate links but uh, yes it is yeah, yeah it
0: is well you know culture starts at the top of a company right whether it's intentional or unintentional and and Shannon is a mindful and um, analytical and, and yet very visionary person at the same time. That's a strange combination, but it works. And, and he's propagated that throughout the organization pretty yeah, well.
1: Yeah, agreed. A great call out there. Love what Tequila Sunrise got going on. I believe you're going to have, I believe, well, let's cat out of the bag, perhaps. You're going there, Colton, aren't you? Griffin, yeah, go ahead. Found Co-founder yeah. and CEO of, of uh, Flourish. Is going to join Greg and the gang for uh, Take Your Shot in a couple, uh, next week or in a couple weeks, maybe.
0: Yeah, Thursday, the 26th, uh, August 26th. We're going to be talking two of my favorite topics, supply chain and weed.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Greg, you're on it today, baby. You're on it. Uh, I wasted oh. my
0: youth not getting wasted, but, uh, but still, I appreciate the finer points of. Whatever people Thank you get for out of it, so.
2: great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: um, but but it, it is—it's really good, and it, and it coincides with some activity that is really relevant to the lesson that you can learn by pitching your company in three minutes to our panel of judges: judges Robin, Gregg, Enrique Alvarez, and Balaji Gopinath—all um, solid founders in their own right—and they will judge. Fairly and firmly, the pitch uh, of anyone who will come on the show. And we got smart this time, Scott. Just one team
1: pitching. That's good. That is good. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of series here, Kelly Barnard's with us back from uh, the Cape. The Cape. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Dial P for procurement. (laughs) That's right. Dial P for procurement, uh, our popular procurement focused series here at Supply Chain Now is back at us uh, 12 noon tomorrow. as Tuesday, the 17th of August. So y'all join us for that. We've got a couple of uh, great guests there. And speaking of this week, it's another busy week here at Supply Chain now. We just confirmed through their agents uh, the president of Women in Manufacturing, Alice. I'm I'm kidding with her agent. Very, 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 yeah. very. It's nice when we don't have. But
0: not kidding with the president. <laughs> right.
1: It's nice when we don't have to go through all those wonderful professionals, you know, agents and PR uh, teams. One-on-one is good. But um, so we have the president of the Women in Manufacturing organization, which is doing some really big things to power the modern age of the manufacturing industry, Allison. I might get the last name wrong, Grealis or Grealis, uh, I believe. So she's joining us this Thursday at twelve noon, and she's joined with one of our favorite manufacturing leaders, Allison Krechgy Giddens, uh, president at WinTech, an aer- uh, aerospace manufacturer based here in Metro Atlanta. So join us, double Allison. Oh, Allison's great, Greg. I tell you, as you, you and I both know, we got to we got to introduce Allison to Kevin and and Kelly, the whole gang. You know, yeah, no run. doubt.
0: In fact, now I know where I'm going to lunch. <laughs> Since you mentioned Allison, I'm going to have to give her a shout.
1: What were you saying, Kevin?
2: It seems like every hour of the week is now filled with supply chain now. I mean, or is it supply chain I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so we should mention
1: this. So, you know, we love talking about food here to a person at, with this team. And one of the things we stood up a month or so ago is a Facebook group, open group, public group called supply chain chow, where we invite folks to, to uh, unplug from work and emails and headaches and pressures just to talk about food and celebrate uh, the kindred spirits therein. so all of y'all are invited to join us. We'll probably have to, to, to steal this, this top 25 stake uh, oh, place yeah, list the- that we've generated and throw that on there. Yeah. On I
0: there. think we did get about 25, didn't oh, we? Oh, no doubt. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. So let's make sure folks know how to connect with all the, all, with both of y'all here. I think we've already dropped the Captivate link so folks can find your respective series and subscribe. But Kevin, how folks, how can they reach out to the one only, Kevin L. Jackson?
2: So yes, I'm uh, on Twitter, Kevin underscore Jackson or on uh, LinkedIn. Um, And, of course, on uh, digital transformers. Uh, So please uh, reach out, ask questions, give us your input and information and tell us who you want to see on the show.
1: Love that. Uh, Great idea. And Greg, I don't we don't routinely ask you, but if folks want to connect with you and get your thoughts on everything from weed and supply chain to uh, (laughs) founders and startups. (laughs) I could both connect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do do some serious business occasionally. Uh, you know, you can um, you can reach me on LinkedIn, of course. Um, I'm gonna drop I'm gonna drop an email out there, Greg, at supplychainnow.com. If you're if you are a startup, a supply chain startup specifically, um, you can reach me at kubera.vc. Greg at kubera.vc.
1: Wonderful, and so. as as Dr. Rhonda Bumpenza Zimmerman says, "What did you have for breakfast, Greg? You're on to a roll today." Richard says he rolled that one, indeed. So. <laughs> um, folks, really.
0: If only people knew how ironic that is.
1: <laughs> so
0: I'm like the most I'm like the most ironic entrepreneur in in the cannabis industry, right? Well, didn't partake
1: as a kid. Industry on the move for sure, especially as there oh, become man. more and more medical applications that work, uh, and oh, many yeah. other re- many, many other reasons. So I uh, appreciate the good work Flourish is doing. Um, one final note yeah. before we wrap here today: um, heart, prayers, best wishes, you name it. Go out to all the folks in Afghanistan, including the operators yeah. and the military professionals and diplomatic teams that are a part of the eva- uh, evacuation. Um, our thoughts and prayers with you, Godspeed, and, uh, we're going to get through the week, week together, but one final note, folks, I uh, really appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks for all the great comments and, and being such kindred spirits as, as we kind of, was a digital transformation and a, a food version of supply chain buzz, uh, big thanks to my co-hosts, Kevin L. Jackson and Greg White. Big thanks to the whole team behind the scenes, Amanda, Jada, Clay, uh, Allie, you name it. Um, most importantly, folks do good, get forward. Be the changes needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here at Supply Chain Now.
0: Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.